Welcome to the Tiny Plastic People podcast, the podcast about tiny plastic people. We paint them, we play with them, sometimes we put them on display, and we want to tell you why we think that's great. This is episode dozen, or twelve uh, in English. Uh, today I'm joined by Rich. Hello. Hello, Rich. I'm also joined by Tom. Hello. Tom Field, that one, there's a lot of us. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't, I'm not going to introduce myself like that, though. Uh, maybe I will. Um, introduce, also Rachel. Hello. Hello. And also Tom, hello, it's me. Uh, but I'll go by Dines, because that'll be easier. Um, how is everybody? You're, are you Are you well? Yeah, good. Very yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> good. That's good. Did you have a nice Christmas, the new year? Very it was, yeah. Yeah, certainly, it certainly happened. It was, it the last one. Distant, that was a Christmas, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it certainly was a period at the end of December. Um, how's it? How's how's that been hobby-wise? What have uh, Rich? What have you been up to in this festive period and since? What have I been up to? This every, this question catches me off guard every time I get asked it. Um, it was in the pod notes. You sh- you should have been prepared. Yeah, I, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I can't believe you've done that. It was your, it was your <laughs> life for the last month. What? Yeah, uh, you what should have been prepared on that terms. Yeah, just what has <laughs> happened? Um, I guess on the festive pod, I said um, that I was working on some maggot kin of Nurgle. That is, it's not all finished, but I have like a two thousand point army finished, and just a few bits left to finish off. Um, Someone in my local games workshop, uh, Secret Santa, that they do every year, incredibly generously bought me a Glockkin, or oh, wow. the Glockkin. Wow. Yes. So that's coming up on my hobby table soon. Budget. But um, I want to finish the, the other few bits I've got first, and that can be, I think, like the capstone on the project. And then I can play some games with them, hopefully. Um, has there been any, has there been any like theme to that? Are they. What have you? What, I didn't know the. Gotta be honest, I didn't know you had a big Nurgle army. What? What's the like? Um, I genuinely didn't. It was, <laughs> it was, it was such a secret. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, to be fair, I uh, I just sort of dropped just before Christmas a load of pictures in our Discord server. Like, here's what I've been working on in secret. Absolutely uh, maddening. Yeah, Rachel <laughs> felt very betrayed. I think. Um, Incredible effort. There's not a theme to them as such, other than kind of generic nurgly theme like they're not there's not a concept as such but they're all sickos yeah they're all just (laughs) disgusting disgusting bastards um i've tried to use contrast as much as possible i've done a lot of like um underpainting with contrast and tried to get them although they're horrible and green and gross i tried to keep them quite bright um with technical paints and glazing of contrast and things and then sort of focused highlights rather than perfectly edge highlighting every single mini so nice yeah that's that's a lot i painted some space marines one black templar and a handful of tome keepers um space marines are space marines it's not a lot (laughs) exciting to say that does get me to 1000 points of tome keepers finished which feels like a nice milestone um did you manage to get a game with them I did. Um, 
think I played a couple of games with them, yeah, but I played two 1,000-point games with them in one day last week. Um, and frankly, I'm still recovering from it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like I'm just getting to the point now that I'm playing 40k more regularly with some local friends that I... Um, I understand it more and that's giving me more headspace to enjoy it rather than be mad about it the whole time because <laughs> it's confusing me. So, yeah. Good. Yeah, that's, um, that's cool. Um, I lost both of those games as is tradition. Um, both because it had newly painted models in it and because it was being piloted by me. Overlapping mm-hmm. tradition means I didn't have a chance. Um, yeah. And then nice. other than that, I mentioned, I think, very briefly that some trogs might be on the horizon. Um, and I'm going to hold it up to the camera. This is great radio. I've literally yeah. just finished oh, wow. the first oh, trog. What a model. Is that the, the secret <laughs> well, Santa trog? Listener, in, yes. yeah, listener, imagine a really nicely painted trog and you'll get This is my... Nearly there. I'm glad my £20 webcam could convey that it's really nice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, this was my secret Santa... Um, gift in fact from fellow uh tiny plastic people person james did this so oh i knew it you yes. ruined the yeah. secret yes <laughs> i've ruined it i'm sorry that, but, was, um... that was the only one that any of us guessed from the sound of things <laughs> <You knew> it. <laughs> well yeah you all knew it already so i haven't ruined everything sorry listener if you cared deeply about the sanctity of our secret santa but james can't go unrecognized for an incredible conversion that i've had an absolute blast painting so yeah, excited to maybe paint some more trucks soon as well. I have a question about the tome keepers. Oh, go ahead. How many tomes can a thousand points of tome keepers keep? That you, should, is, you should know this. That is quite a question. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what kind of general am I of? I don't even know a simple logistics answer. Do you, do like you that. even know where your tomes are? <laughs> it's, so it's eight every... o'clock. Do you know where your tomes are? Every... to see why you lost your games so. <laughs> Fuck. every marine must have one tome that's like the relic of their exploits <laughs> they probably wouldn't describe what about scouts? Exploits. Uh yeah I guess like Pamphlet. it's the culture of the planet that they've declared their home planet and Rachel is now face palming as she gets an actual space marine law answer to the. I was scratching. I wasn't face palming. Do the scouts just bring like their favourite childhood book? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know when you're allowed to write in the book. I'm not sure that's been covered in law. Um, but yeah, there's um, like the culture is based around everyone dies really quickly because the world is radioactive, other than the space marines, obviously. Um, so historically, everyone wrote everything down. So when you grew up, they didn't write down "stay away from radiation." Though, yeah, they? well, <laughs> I think the whole planet is radioactive. Lost, lost track of but, how to leave the planet. Yeah, when they grow up, or as they're growing up, the people have like a thirty-year lifespan or something. So the idea is that you don't spend any of that valuable time that you're alive learning how to do things. You just do what's written in the books already by the people that came before you. Um, oh. So you don't have to learn to fish because the book just tells you how to fish. Now, this is how the real world works and <laughs> it's not how human existence works. So, so you give the books to 
the big men who don't die, and then they take the books into space, and now you don't know how to fish. Shit. Yeah, I think... Teach a man to fish, and he'll fish forever, but give the book on fishing to a spaceman, and you'll die of radiation. And he as will the, extinguish as the, goes. the perfidious Xenos fish. <laughs> Thus saving the planet or Presu- something like that. The Imperium is so good and like logical. Presumably the space marines are not like as affected by the non-stop radiation. No, no, no. no. So, so they get to live a bit longer. So there's an exciting uh, law hook of the juxtaposition between people whose culture is based around the fact that they die really quickly and some of those people being elevated to space marinedom and then not dying other than by being shot in the face by an Eldar or whatever. Um, so there's um, like some themes of jealousy and um, injustice. Do the space marines feel there. guilty? I don't think the space marines themselves care, but the humans are sad. <laughs> I'm not mm. sure. Um, there's supposed to be some Tome Keepers uh, like narrative coming out in either the white dwarf that's just come out as we record or the next one i think and supposedly a part of a longer story so it's quite yeah. exciting to see some narrative there that's more than a paragraph in a little index so in, in this story someone's lost the book about how to i don't know right bake bread yeah i mean it's it does like seem... how am i gonna get my toast now <laughs> guess what big skulls it does seem like a system that's open to failure. But... That's not like the Imperium Ridge, so I, I you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, that's pretty good. Uh, Rach, what have you, you been up to? Um, I have been making little hills out of XPS foam. And um, I have reached the stage where. So these are like, they're basically just a bit of XPS foam, like maybe like an inch thick and I've cut it into a sort of vaguely um, organic shape and then stuck it on a base that's slightly larger than it is and then that's pretty much it barring some modelling compound around the base I would ask why well because (laughs) in the game of Warhammer you can put your little guys on top of the hill and then they can see further um, mm-hmm. Stunned silence. Yeah, from a podcast from <laughs> I people don't believe that it personally. Never yeah. considered using battlefield tactics in their lives. <laughs> Clearly, I am only the only uh, master general in this chat. Um, so it would seem. I think rules is written. You can just stand on the hill and gain a cover bonus, right? I, that used I, to be the case. I, I don't know. Anyway, anyway um, <laughs> what's so a like... cover? Bo- what's a cover bonus? We're talking about fucking Agincourt here. <laughs> <laughs> I made some similar hills last year or the year before um but like i have a problem with them which is that like uh their slopes are steeper not steeper they're like they have longer slopes and that makes playing with them a bit awkward because you're like you want to put a guy at the bottom of it so you can attack the guy on top but it's slightly further than an inch but you can't Mm. like put him halfway up the slope because he'll fall over so these ones are cleverly designed such that um you can you can either stand at the bottom of the little sort of steep cliff slope, um, or yeah, you're, it's it's much more playable. So I'm quite pleased with them, and I'm at the stage now where I've like painted them, and it's time to uh, put some like flock on them. 
and uh, I, I just put some PVA on this one that's right in front of me the now uh, so that I could start flocking it and then it was time to record the podcast so I'm just <laughs> watching the PVA dry in slow motion now you've just got a shiny a shiny hill yeah because I, I they look like sort of like mini maces yeah like uh yeah. that's the idea nice, nice flat topped very playable um yeah they're sort of like rocks aren't they they're rocky yeah out- i could probably out- just like outcrops is the wrong i could probably not outcrops. put any flock on them and they'd look fine they just kind of look like hmm. nice rocks what's the base made of uh it is some kind of foam board it's reasonably sturdy um but not too thick and heavy so yeah. Uh, anyway, nice. p- apart from that, I was um, painting my Warhammer Fortress, which is like a really old out of production oh, kit. Oh yes, um, I'm very jealous of well, that. Well, I can see how jealous you are. You're staring directly at the webcam. <laughs> it's slightly uncomfortable. <laughs> deeply, deeply. Anybody who's ever listened to me talking knows that I will only ever talk about terrain. So I'm yeah. deeply envious. Um, anyway, so like that was just like spray it very dark grey, and then loads of dry brushing and uh that's about it very fun satisfying um it's been sitting on my like to-do list for ages and ages though so it's nice to get it finally complete um so the, yeah. I, I have one question about that so the towers in the corners where right, they have little doors don't they uh they do yes yeah other other doors on sides which are like at 90 degrees to each other or are they opposite it depends on the tower so there's oh. five towers and four of the towers have doors on um like adjacent sides of the building mm. and one of the towers has doors on opposite sides of the building so it can go like oh, okay. in the middle of a I'm wall i'm thinking section, about yeah a long yeah. i'm thinking of like a long <laughs> section because the thing itself is quite uh it's a little bit unwieldy right yep. it's not actually that big so it'd be nice as like the maybe splitting the board in half or like lining along one side or something like that yeah my my plan is to build some like um stairs out of foam to like make it so that the towers can kind of stand on their own or at the end of a section of wall without like there being a door that opens onto thin air which looks a bit Mm. silly confusing yeah Mm. um uh yeah and then before that i was painting some lord of the rings elves and uh the battle of balance tomb uh oh yes those those old yeah. fellowship models it's a They're lovely game yeah it's just it's got a bunch of goblins and a troll and um uh the fellowship of the ring so it was nice to it's like uh, i wanted to paint those models for ages and ages and uh yeah cool to do are you going to expand that into the next scene with the uh the ball rod that would be pretty neat of morgon yeah it's yeah. a great model have they done the uh they were going to do a made for order run of some classic scenes including the Kazadoom gandalf and balrog mm. have they done that really? or is that still in the future i, I don't know actually because that would be i don't recall seeing it but then again don't pay too much attention presumably to a metal metal one rather than the modern yeah. plastic but I rem- uh, I remember oh man that, that old metal yeah. barrel i remember the old metal barrel because <laughs> I, I think a friend had it and it's just like it's so much metal <laughs> <laughs> beefy thing yeah yeah nice oh, that's pretty cool um and tom how about you what have you been up to well before that why don't we talk about what you've been up to oh well (laughs) well really the answer is because it's not that very much to be honest Uh, i haven't done painting in a long time i had a big lull over over xmas 
I enjoyed listening to the pods, hearing about other people's hobby. But my own has been... Vicarious enjoyment as a hobby, I think is the right word. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then, uh, looking, looking at Elder and looking at all my unfinished stuff and going, hmm, I should do something about that. I should get rid of that. I'm never going to finish that. <laughs> but I'll talk about that a bit later. Nice. But generally, not an awful lot, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, right. But that's fine. That, that, that just happens, right? Well, now. it's good to know you're in a lull sometimes yeah don't necessarily yeah. have to do anything about it as long as you're i think happy. i'm i think i'm ramping up to something to something so just, just yes. pause. You, you you're looking to the future and and liking what you see entire village of fortified manners <laughs> my goodness that is that is actually my next year i mean i wasn't on any christmas pods but good grief that's got to be a it's got to be a goal this year. Get some of that freaking terrain done. Yeah, like with so much of it, and I need to. I think any of it's done. There's so much. There's so much. Yeah, but we'll see. I, maybe I, I threatened to have a sort of a terrain painting party at some point, oh. and just sort of try and rope people in. Like, please, please, oh, let's have a fun day where you oh, paint my terrain. Paint me, your please. terrain. Oh. oh yeah, yeah. No, not no, no. Keep your own terrain at home. Come paint my stuff. You don't get please. to take anything home at the end. No, you don't get to take anything home. I'll furnish you with pizza, but that's about as far as I'll go. That is not furnishing. I mean, that does sound pretty good. To be fair. <laughs> well, see, that's that's the that's the lure, but we'll see. Yeah, I'd go for that. Yeah. Oh well. Um, but Tom, what have you been up to? So, so this month, I uh, or since Christmas, I I painted a couple of Seraphon. Um, got fed up with them gonna paint something else um and uh i have since discovered necromunda uh the local group near to where i am is uh going to be running a necromunda campaign soon and that seems like such a lovely idea i thought it was time to uh paint the reasonably large amount of orlocks i've had on sprue under my bed for uh for like 15 months so yeah is that is that more than more than one gang like basic gang box i have got the basic gang box and the advanced one with the the wreckers and the arms master uh and the forge world resin and some weapons and some uh oh i got uh gorzag and nicket the the orc and goblin (laughs) characters that were that came out last christmas and I have converted them into an ammo merchant and a bounty hunter. <laughs> um, That's awesome. Apparently, the the I I did that without particularly considering the rules. And apparently, the uh, the ammo merchant's deal is that he makes all special ammunition reasonably easy to come by, which is just so fantastic for a grot that you can like go to the shops and there's a goblin there. And he pulls out a bullet that will make your make the person hit with it go insane and develop psychic powers. That's I'm very happy with that. Well, the, the one guy in the, the one guy in the hive in your section of the hive who's got plasma gun coils or whatever is this little green guy who lives under his desk. Yes, or whatever. <laughs> running he running around with a big sack with a dollar sign on it, and he pulls out mm. like. Uh, a melter gun canister or something. Yeah, a space marine <laughs> melter gun canister. <laughs> what the hell did you get that? 
yeah, nice. so I've um, so I got to play my first couple of uh, games of Necromunda uh, this this the past week, and it's good. It's fun. I like it. Um, it one thing I've noticed is that it's just absolutely irresistible to m- make a narrative out of it. Right? The rules yeah. seem really well set up that you can. Um, you say, okay, I'm shooting you, and now you're pinned, and such and such, and you can see the story of that unfold. Um, so, is the narrative just falling out of the rules as you're playing the game? Then, uh, I think, I think it 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 makes it very straightforward for that progression to happen, right? Like, um, the basic mechanics are not intrinsically narrative themselves maybe but i think it's uh i think they lend themselves very well to being interpreted in that way um mm. so for example we had um oh, this is great we had uh juve runs up to a door uh and opens it and that's the end of his turn um <laughs> the lady on the other side with a combat shotgun shoots him twice in the face deals no wounds and then has to close the door herself in her own turn to not get uh not get shot back (laughs) it's just you it's just uh, that was a reasonably dry mechanical way of describing it right and Mm. and you can see that in your mind's eye very clearly as a like the door shums open and then shums closed again uh, I think I, I like that a lot. I'm very glad to be able to do a a narrative campaign for that. And you can definitely picture things something like that happening in like a sort of slapstick Jackie Chan movie or something, oh, can't you? God, or like yes. a John Woo or something. Oh, is it um, too late to have a Jackie Chan character in my Orlocks? Well, there's <laughs> always opportunity to add more, right? Someone's going to die eventually. Um, yeah. You give somebody like you could give somebody a power fist, but it's just a really good normal <laughs> hand. They're really good at punching with just one one inch punch everybody. Um, just like a big big wind up and everything, but bam! The like, Orlocks have got a character. They've got a special wall. thing for that, right? They've got um, uh, one of the one of their special skills is the ability to replace all of your melee attacks with just one really hard hit. So maybe that's why I should. Uh, nice. Set up for that kind yeah, of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Make a martial arts character. That'd be cool. <laughs> so is that is that a narrative campaign that's ongoing in your in your local? Yes, area? yeah. Starting uh, early next month. Uh, so I'm I'm currently uh, I don't have my camera on, so won't show it to you and not the audience at home. But I'm currently looking at a, a test Orlock who is uh, right now. He's at the stage where some bits of him have been painted so much that they're losing a little bit of definition since I'm having trouble settling on something. Mm. But I think I might oh. just go for go for a classic kind of scene. I think mm-hmm. there's two other Orlock players and they're both doing something special and fancy, so I might uh I might settle into being the normal one. This is always the thing that makes me raise my eyebrow whenever I see like Necromunda campaigns happening is that everyone loves Orlocks and Eshers. I think, like, they're yeah. two coolest aesthetics, in my opinion. Like, the cool biker gang, you can see why that appeals, because 
you know, it's it's a classic thing. And then Eshers are like yeah. the opportunity for colour and yes. female sculpts, or like significant yeah. numbers of female sculpts at least. They're, um, they're the punk rock ones. So yeah, exactly. Nobody chooses uh, the guys from the Matrix or the big boys <laughs> or um, the sci-fi guys. Yeah. I I would have gone with the guys from the Matrix if they were more like their old models because the old models are are very guy from the Matrix and the new <laughs> ones are um, they're very they're very cool they're very spindly and stylized but they're not quite Matrix enough. Mm. Um, yeah. So so I went for the bikers they instead. Do- the, the the new ones don't look like the Matrix ones were like I'm wearing a trench coat because I'm fucking hench and I'm gonna like throw it off dramatically and beat the shit yeah. out of you. Whereas the new guys are like I'm wearing a trench coat because if I don't, my skin will burn and uh, I will evaporate. <laughs> so oh, it's yeah. a different vibe. Classic Warhammer escalation. <laughs> yeah. Does yes. every Necromunda gang have like a movie or band that it's like yeah Van, Vansar is Avatar isn't it right because they can they can plug in their hair Vansar's Avatar yeah, they can plug in their hair <laughs> yep. you've got um, like you say Delaka the Matrix um, what's that film got... about um, Rollo Derby oh, oh bring it bring, on bring oh, it on maybe no no, no. Whip it it was Whip it. yeah yeah Whip yes. it is Astro yeah. right yeah, yeah. They I guess. Uh, they do lend themselves very well to roller derby style names. The Eshers. Yeah. <laughs> Contribute uh, Axo has some incredibly named <laughs> Escher gangers from. Oh yes, shit! What was it? Um, he's, he's very very good at coming up with names for <laughs> Booster Vax or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, the enforcers. The enforcers would be Judge Dread, right? Yeah. Oh would... yeah, yeah. They're pure Dread. Yeah. Um. um yeah, Goliath's sort of like the Warriors or something, I guess. Like, are they not Mad Max? Or Mad Max? No. Yeah, they're, no. no, they're they're like uh, Arnie films, right? They're sort of a mix. Conan, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Conan. It's like a techno Conan. <laughs> and what else? Well, okay, or locks any 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 biker thing. biker slash yeah. rock gang based film. Uh, school of School of Rock. <laughs> they're not a gang. They're a band or a class. Sorry. Uh, uh, if they're a video game, they'd be brutal legend, right? But mm. yeah. yeah. Um, and Cordar are uh, Midsummer. Yeah, there we go. Mid- Midsummer, however you say it. Yeah. Weird. Weird cult. Oh yeah. The Maypole is on fire. I hope this this conversation has given the audience lots of painting color scheme ideas. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to rip, just remember to, to credit us. Oh my god, Cordor flower crowns. Yeah. Oh. Do you think do you think there's a company that will three D print me some tiny flower crowns? There is a person who will, and it's me. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what about rede- what about redemptionists? Oh, they're, they're midsummer, they're but on fire. Yeah. yeah. Or um. The Wicker Man. Wicker Man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Beans. Yeah, no, okay, that's it. Um, that's it. Well, they've, well, they've completed Necromunda. Yeah. Necromunda is the thing. Finish, finish the whole game. It's the thing that I have sort of studiously resisted. I've played a couple of games, but mm. I've sort of resisted getting drawn into it. Um, but that conversation has just made me think uh, Bioshock Water Guild. And now. Oh, yeah. Yes. 
now I want to paint the big water ogren. So I bet you bet you could ask Rouge about like places to get um, little sister esque cultist vague models that you oh, could sell yeah. in for other stuff for sure. <laughs> He's definitely glued at least one auto gun onto yeah some kind of <laughs> small child small child model. I, yeah, I think although I, did, I think he did small hobbits, child model right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So. I did yeah. um, one of the Lord of the Rings models of Eowyn has her in like uh the the helm's deep outfit when she was just wearing like a dress rather than running around with a uh, sword and helmet and such um and i used that as a creepy little psychic girl for my inquisition warband back in the day oh and the yeah, sca- scale works. worked out pretty well for that gave her like a a, a fairly ringish color scheme and swapped her sword for that's cool something there's the old um, Bretonian damsel. There's there's two of those. There's a hourglass figure is probably the wrong way of phrasing one of them. The other one is wearing a cool cloak, um, uh, with like a, a cool stuff. There's another sort of generic, weird looking lady. Yeah, yeah. there's options Ooh. out there. Looking for such models. Oh, yes. Yeah. The other one is sort of like um, infinity symbol shaped in sort of weird proportions. So probably. That's a different style. I'm looking at looking at the uh, the damsel now. I'm a big fan of the mounted damsel who is in the classic citadel uh, mounted pose, where she is holding both of her arms up into the air, like yes. she's doing the YMCA on horseback. Yeah, yeah. That's that's how you cast a spell. I have several yeah. several different old Warhammer wizards in that pose and elves actually. I think old Teclis, mm. mounted Teclis, comes in yeah. that pose. He really is. There's certainly at least one yeah. high elf uh, mage who's doing I that. I mean, yeah. he's got a sword in one hand. Stuff current day Teclis is. In, oh, she's in also doing. Yeah. Um, That's a very good point. Uh, <laughs> all praising the sun. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyway, Tom, sorry, we've really dragged away from your initial topic. Um, how are you, how are you going to prepare for this Necromunda campaign? <laughs> I'm gonna to have to learn what the campaign rules are. Everybody else, everybody else is going is in the group chat discussing how much money they are sa- they are leaving over at the end of gang creation for if somebody <laughs> dies in the first game. And I don't know if I want to do that. It depends, right? I think uh, I it's think going to depend on how like because I, I, it happened to me in Kill Team where like I, I pl- we decided to play a narrative and then my leader died in the first game. And it leaves you no recourse, and it means that the next few games will be sort of like a little bit miserable. I feel like if you, you, you need some yeah. padding, right? So if you if you accidentally yeah. screw yourself out and into or screw yourself into having a, like I don't know, pretty one sided. Yeah, you you get your leader killed yeah. and your two hundred and fifty points no way down. Of countering them. Is the there very no, first uh, it's sad. Is there no insurance mechanic? There is. So I'm. I mean, yeah, oh, I guess so. What, like, you, know, you want a bit of a payout when one of these guys dies. Right? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going off memory here, so somebody who actually knows about Necromunda listening to this podcast <laughs> will be screaming into their fist right now. But um, I think you can either you can pay the doctor to make them better, basically, which means that you need a bit of money left because that's something like 2d6 times 10 mm-hmm. credits. So you want to leave a little bit of money left over, so even if someone gets killed and then rolls the 
actually dead result on the are they dead or not table uh you want that money so you can bring them back um and i i am seriously considering just having another <laughs> guy rather I than hear. doing that that probably works the last game i played um i so i read a tactics article that said that smoke grenades were very good so i took a smoke grenade and that i threw it at my own guys to keep them in cover and immediately ran out mm -hmm. of smoke grenades and then that one smoke grenade stayed there for the rest of the game and i got charged while i was in the in the smoke which meant that they couldn't attack me and i couldn't attack them and i couldn't couldn't pass the initiative test to leave so i had i had half of my gang blundering around in a big cloud of smoke while a pair of juves ineffectually waggled knives at them from outside maybe maybe um, they ran in and just had a massive i lost time. i lost that first game very badly <laughs> well that's, um, that's a good got, learning experience and you got a story already so <laughs> sure yeah how to behave with smoke yeah grenades. Yeah, I've got a story already. It's one that the gang doesn't admit to anybody else, but yeah, the glue um, gang drops a smoke grenade. Glue that smoke <laughs> grenade onto a different model. <laughs> Don't trust that one again. Don't give it to Barry shit with grenades. It's a lesson you learn once. A Barry shit with grenades. A great, uh, a yeah, great or Barry a shit name. grenades. Try and fit that on the cards. But yeah, that's that's what I've done this month. That was that was what I was thinking about nice. in hobby time. Good, uh, good luck in your campaign. Yeah, keep us updated. I'd love to hear more stories about yeah. people. Yeah, you going about it? Whiffing <laughs> shots or falling off things. Or next podcast. Shutting write doors. an article about the. Write an article about the, the key, <laughs> the most cinematic moments. Maybe. <laughs> next podcast, I'll come back in. I won't admit that I've been doing that. Yeah, no. I lost so badly that four people down in the first game would have had to quit <laughs> and rise and fall of Barry shit grenades. Well, someone else was talking about that, I'm sure. Well, it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> nice, cool. Well, thanks, Sam. Um, Rachel, what was your? Uh, what did you want to talk about? Oh, this this part. Um, right. So you are soon to be executed. Whoa. Oh, that's a pretty uh, intense. Hell. And uh, similar to when you're given your final meal, you are being allowed to paint one final model. What's it going to be? Starting with Udines. So, okay. All right. I'm thinking this is either, what do I go for? Do I go for something enjoyable? Do I go for something, do I, do I push myself? Is this the time to be doing that? Have I got enough time? <laughs> How much time do I have? This is a question to the to the question giver. Um, I maybe you have like a month. So you've got plenty of time. Oh, okay, right. You've got plenty of yeah. time. All right, plenty of time. Not going to be like, the last You're probably one. in prison, so you're you don't have to work. And, whatever. and just any model ever. Yeah, anything. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. See. See now I'm <laughs> thinking castle. like is it the castle? It's probably you know what? it's probably not the castle. I want I'm thinking the problem with the oh, castle is that like you're is. kind of done with it in about maybe two hours of yeah work. right and it's pretty yeah. so a lot of the similar stuff. I'm thinking the answer yeah, is highlight each brick. <laughs> yeah, the the answer is the Skullvein Great choice, great there. choice. Right, because Ooh. it's never coming back. 
but it's it's big there's a lot to do there's a lot of weird details you can go pretty funky with colors you can try out some weird stuff that i never got to try before and at least when i'm summarily executed for the crime of being hoarding too much terrain i will have at least left one cool bit behind you could paint some wild ass colors you could do some (laughs) i could make this real if i simply sold a significant portion of my assets and bought one i can't remember what the scalvey manse looks like Oh, it's all right. So it's the big, it's the big um, lemony Snickers twisty turny tower house with off to the side a rickety ass observatory. Oh, did they um on the skull rock? They resold right? that on, on a rock Sigmar as something else, right? Like the something yeah. observatory uh, or whatever. I think, yeah. but only for a limited time. Yes, right. Yeah, the, that that kit is just a skull vaymance or the Excellent. uh uh as- oh uh no, it's like. War, Smith. Warscryer Citadel. Yes, Warscryer. There's got to be like That's a. The one. Ima- imagine Why? what else you don't have in your brain in your memory. This is exactly because, what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, please don't, please don't talk about that. I feel quite <laughs> super sensitive about that. I have a lot of Warhammer. Causes me a lot of issues. <laughs> mm. yeah. But that's that's my answer. Okay. That's my answer. This is okay. months. And if it wasn't, I tell you what. If 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 this happens after the period in my life where I have obtained one, then the answer then would be the Witch Fate Tour. Mm. Okay. Uh, That's old which school. Is, I like that. Yeah, which is an old school, big, circular, essentially a D&D model, because it has freaking floors and stairs and and layers in it of like a three-story witch house. Yeah. Quite big as well. It was incredibly <laughs> elaborate for a time when Warhammer yeah. Fantasy had... Building walls that were essentially just you're in it or you're not. Yeah, trying to rank yeah. up square based minis like in that terrain. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's not possible. You just go around it. But in AOS, everything is possible. Yeah. Warcry, love it. Okay, good choice. Um, who wants to go next? Do I get to assemble the model as well? Ah, uh, sure. Can I, like yeah. pick a kit and assemble it because I I I'm very fond of the um. The Vanguard veterans. Oh, that's a kit. lovely kit. They're Space Marines, which is boring, but they're um they're very they're very nice Space Marines. You can go pretty fancy with them. There's lots of stuff to do with them, and they come out quite nice. And then the actual painting would uh be a bit of a doddle because I know how to paint Space Marines. Are they the ones with the um jetpacks? Yes, yeah. So they are the the fancy assault Marines, uh, with stuff like. Uh, like relic swords and hammers and axes. It's just basically every single piece uh, of war gear available. Space Marines, right? Is is in that box? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um that and the Stern Guard box together are like two of my favourite kits. Awesome. Um, I'm very much hoping for something because I my current army is mostly Primaris. Very much hoping for something equally fancy and elaborate for the Primaris range before too yeah. long. Hmm. Maybe that's what the sword brother, the sword brothers like that. The sword brother in a little bit like that. Yeah, they have a lot of of, uh, bits and poses. Yeah, and the other the the other black templars guys, the the normal ones. Uh, Oh, then. So you've got crusader squad, and then you've got sword brethren. Other that's that's the one. Yeah, Hmm. yeah. Like maybe that's maybe I should get some of those to scratch my itch. Yeah, they're nice. Yeah. So making some. Primaris Vanguard Vets is like next on my list 
for Tome Keepers for exactly that reason because yeah. it's such a nice kit and I want customization. Yeah. Nice. Even in the face of execution, you're unrepentant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's why they're taking you. <laughs> <laughs> like sp- <laughs> and why why am I being executed? Well I asked I was asked what my favourite <laughs> model of all time was and I said a space marine. <laughs> um Rich, what about you? They're they're a good space I don't know. Um, I think it might have to be Archeon, Grand Marshal of the Apocalypse, on his horse, mm. and his horse's two mates. Um, I know if I ever get one, I absolutely won't have the patience. I'll spend time on it, make it nice, but I like to paint fast, and I won't have the patience to do it proper justice and edge highlight yeah. everything. But if there isn't but a next model, right? If there like... isn't a next model and that's my magnum opus <laughs> then... And the, the threat of impending death is enough to make you spend that time. Yeah, maybe. Like, yeah, there's no... You're not painting for an event. I mean, you're not painting <laughs> well, for a competition. You're just... Here's a model. Create some art. And you've got I mean, it's like um, it's like choosing an all-you-can-eat buffet as your last meal, right? Like, as long as you can keep eating, you're not getting executed. <laughs> so maybe this is I a bit like dark for a hobby podcast. There's, a, there's, a, there's an alternative to this, right? Which is why is like how is this materially different from your desert island model? Yeah, that's an interesting thought, actually. Uh, like. That was that was the other idea I had for this, which is like what yeah, what your desert island models because like theoretically with the desert island model you could keep painting it over and over again, right? Yeah, yeah. The desert <laughs> island, desert island, your desert island discs are what if you could only mm-hmm. do these yeah. ones, mm-hmm. whereas this is what if you could only do one for, and, that's and the only last one. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my desert island kit would definitely be Vanguard veterans because you can just keep doing yeah. them over and over again um yeah i think like i think even my desert island models would be stone like vanguard veterans or stone guard veterans i just and and some yeah. tools make some really cool ass poses and some sick ass looking space yeah. marines but it's got to be something you can base in sand <laughs> and palm leaves palm leaves <laughs> palm leaf cakes how long, yeah, how long do you reckon citadel paint pots keep on uh on a desert island. <laughs> in forty degrees sun. <laughs> uh, listeners, if you if you know, let us know if you're based in <laughs> I did see a thing on Facebook about somebody who was um flying over the Arctic Circle with his modelling stuff and was saying, Will Citadel paint survive oh. freezing and being unfrozen in my bag? Sure. Oh, I, I I took my I took my paints to my whole paint collection to Korea. And that went in the hold, and that gets pretty chilly, right? So that's not, I think, it's standard baggage. Sure, but you didn't fly over the Arctic Circle to get there, did you? Uh, yes. It's pretty cold, it it's pretty it cold in the over... sky. Actually, hang on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, now I'm like... They're not like loose, they weren't like... Globe in my mind. They weren't dangling around out the back of the aeroplane, oh, but they I were in know. the hold. I don't know, well, well, maybe... I'm not sure. I don't know, maybe... <laughs> Just dangling off the back of the plane like yeah. I had sort of new movements. Yeah, exactly. Plastic rattling. Just... Is it materially colder? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, and maybe all the comments I didn't see on the Facebook were, "What are you talking about?" Uh, yeah. Is it? I think I, 
I think past a certain altitude, it's just cold. Yeah, it's just, is it materially colder 40,000 feet above the Arctic Circle than it is 40,000 <laughs> feet above Mauritius? Like, Either way, you're still you just, uh, still again, in space. <laughs> don't email us. I don't actually care. No, do, no I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, listeners, I'm, if you know the I'm, answers I'm to these questions, no, that's fine. Good for you. Please, uh... I actually do. So I do. So it's it's something like two degrees colder every. I want to say thousand feet. It can't be that. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say that. How cold does London get on a plane? Hello. Frantically googling. Great. This this website has answered that with kind of cold. Brilliant. We, f- we fucking knew that. I, Thanks, love, Google. I love empirical data. Generally, generally speaking, a seven six seven Boeing flight maintains its baggage hold above oh, okay. seven degrees. That's fine then, because that's like that's like the temperature of my flat on most days in the winter. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's only one degree warmer than my bathroom last week so i kind of assumed it might be like the external temperature which often on flights reads mm. like minus 15 or something mm. so yeah uh yeah this 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 website is saying minus 44 that's quite cold um i don't believe that i think yeah. i think like things so, would okay break. but i bet if you're in like i bet if you're in like a small plane mm. that that doesn't do that like if you were if you were flying out to the indus valbard yeah. or whatever mm. Um, I wonder if they they just let your luggage get cold. <laughs> yeah, I reckon you got to fly the plane in mittens. Yeah, probably. You uh... anyway, Rach. What about you? What what's your um... end of life model? You you were thinking about this. You brought this topic, so you must have something in mind, surely. All I can think of is Alariel, the Everqueen, because I've always thought that's a super cool model, and I do want to yeah. paint it someday. And uh, yeah, if I was going to be executed. I probably wouldn't have painted it yet, so I would have to do that. Um, also, hopefully, like maybe maybe I'd do such a good paint job that they'd um, pardon me and I'd, I'd be not killed. That's totally reasonable. Yeah. If it's crimes for doing too good painting, then I think that's a bad. Oh way gosh. Out. Well, it depends on the crime. <laughs> and what about your your desert your your desert Svalbard? Um. Models. A model that I could paint over and over again. Um, I actually know the answer to this. It's uh, Night Goblins. <laughs> because I have painted that model over and over again <laughs> hundreds of times. 13,000 <laughs> Night Goblin netters. Yep. <laughs> Crash land nice. on a desert island with nothing but some paints and the entire contents of all of the um, Battle for Skull Passes, they didn't sell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like buried in the ice, like a sort of like alien crashed mm. ship, but instead it's just... You come across you come across the container with all of the <laughs> cities here. Yeah. yeah, looming, looming out of the ice with a sort of like rumbling, bassy soundtrack as the sun sets behind it or whatever, mate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good. Okay, well, we, I think we've sorted that. We've uh, we've we've now solved flight transport uh, of models. Um, God, we're good. Rich, what were you thinking uh, to bring to um, this discussions? So, I guess I have a topic to talk about. I don't have a point, an end point. I guess I just want to stimulate <laughs> some discussion. Um, I own a lot of Warhammer a lot of armies and a lot of paints and assorted hobby things like tufts and glue and tools and 
books and gaming aids and tokens and God, the list goes on. Um, I have to move house soon. <laughs> and I guess things, there's a couple of things I wanted out of this conversation. First of which is has anyone else has anyone else has anyone else had to move house with a a Warhammer collection and how did you find that experience? And do you have any tips? And please please help me or oh, no. Um and then I thought also it, it's kind of exciting because it's an opportunity to sort of start from scratch and set up a hobby desk and set up model storage and possibly actually have things out on display a bit more than I do currently. And that's quite exciting. Uh, so also maybe shake you down for some thoughts on on that side of things as well. But, but sticking with the first bit, has anyone had to move? Yeah, I think I think I have just less stuff by volume than you do. Um, so it may have been a bit different for me. I mean, no offence, man. <laughs> no, um... it's fair. It's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So I, I, I have kind of always. So, so because uh, I've moved house several times recently in the past few years, right? Like I. I went to university and lived in different university houses and travelled home every summer and then um, lived in a couple of different places before getting a steady job and staying where I was for a bit. So uh, how many boxes does all of this fit into because it's all got to be in boxes is kind of always something on my mind a bit <laughs> with, with what I've got. I don't have more than a very few models out on display. Uh, so... I remember there was there was a lot of um, packing stuff into cardboard boxes wrapped in bubble wrap and then writing on the outside what it was and then carrying it very carefully. Um, the the very first things I moved into my current place were my Warhammer boxes just because they were so big <laughs> they had to like go somewhere so things would fit in yeah. around them. Sort of need to know the magnitude of the problem you're dealing with before you start arranging your furniture. <laughs> I guess an advantage yeah. <laughs> for me is a huge amount of my stuff is magnetized into really useful boxes. Um, so I don't have to suddenly find foam for everything or like carefully wrap every single thing up in bubble wrap to move it. Um, so that aspect of things is nice. But I do find myself thinking um, that also works really well for me at the moment because most of my armies live on a shelf above my head above my desk in their stacks of boxes and in new place i might like to have some display cabinets or something so maybe actually in about two months time i will own 15 more really useful boxes than i need to own. <laughs> so <laughs> there is a bit of a question of like with the remaining stuff do i commit to getting everything magnetized into boxes or do i yes I think you okay. should. I say, I say no. I say yes. Like so, my whole like everything I've ever painted um, is magnetized and lives in a really useful box because that is the most efficient way to store painted models. It just is. Um, yeah. I think I think that encourages you to hide them in a really useful box instead of buying loads of Calyx yeah. uh, glass front inserts. But I, 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 haven't, I haven't really had the option yet of like setting up a display cabinet. So, you know. Yeah. And I am conscious that I, I am still moving into like rented property, although it's going to be the first time in 
what, over 10 years that I've lived by myself um, and sort of have some level of autonomy over decor and whether the money gets spent on something important like glass cabinets for models or something <laughs> that's a waste of time like a microwave or a fridge um, <laughs> I am conscious that I might have to move again and indeed will have to move again at some point so. <laughs> yeah um, yeah. I'm actually in the opposite position as in I'm anticipating moving in uh, sometime in the summer and Differences for me. I'm moving from living on my own to living with another person, so we'll have to we'll have to share opinions about how much Warhammer should yeah. be on display. Yeah, it's always an interesting one. I'm fortunate at the moment my housemate is also into Warhammer, so we do have some shelves downstairs with armies on. Um, but would you 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 say you've got an awful lot of stuff, Rich? Is they is would you consider getting rid of some of it? Would you downsize? I've mulled it over. I have downsized quite a lot. I mean, there's always I always have an ebb and flow of projects in and out, and indeed have had um, mini breakdowns. Not to not to make light of that on on the podcast before about do I have too much? Um, I think the barring maybe like a few things that I just think aren't ever going to go anywhere. I'm at a place now where I have more completely finished projects that I'm quite proud of and want to keep and I'm like excited at the idea of maybe being able to put it in a cabinet for people to look at at some point Um, and less kind of like half done or unstarted things that I'm just kind of going like I don't want it. I feel like I have more of a roadmap this year for of what I'm going to paint and where it gets me and so when I look at the things I have I'm going like well that big Necron army that I finished last year like do I need two 40k armies? No but you know I can't really see myself getting rid of that. If you've only got one um, the other one will get lonely right? Exactly. Exactly. You have to keep them in pairs. I think in uh, in Switzerland it's illegal to keep a single forty k army. Yeah, I mean I've got <laughs> I've got like five or six Age of Sigmar armies, but you know, like I love that game, and I think there's a really nice to follow like trend of my painting improving across those armies, but and a lot of them are fully done. So there, yes, there are things I could part with, but that's nothing I actually really want to part with anymore. Um, yeah. So instead, I'm looking askance at the cabinet that has a variety of Star Wars Lego in it and going, oh, maybe maybe mm. we don't need to own Lego as well. Lego, as the well. unfavoured <laughs> child. Yeah, I mean, there's certain stuff that will definitely come to the new house, but yeah, I, like, I'm just good at accumulating tat in all aspects of my life, and it's been quite therapeutic trying to... S- just put as much of it like in the bin or in recycling or on eBay as possible mm. before I move because anything that I don't have to move is like one less bit of effort for me and also like money for a new cabinet or mm-hmm. just the costs of moving house so I, I empathise with that a lot because I'm uh, so we're looking to move house in the next sort of I don't know probably I don't know how long a moving house takes but say in the next six months and I'm I, I have similar thoughts of getting rid of stuff yeah just like the, whatever I get rid of now 
Uh, I've been viewing it the last year, just throughout the house. I'll find something. I'm like, why is this buried at the bottom of like a cabinet? It's not come out for five years. I don't need it. I'm going to get rid of it. Otherwise, I have to move it to the new place and I can't be asked. I finally Um, recycled about 80% of my USB cable collection. Yeah, like you know all bundled up in a drawer and instead got all that stuff and put it in like a little uh tackle box kind of thing i was like so if i open Mm -hmm. that i've got like a couple of spare charges a couple of spare cables and like yeah you don't need more you don't need 18 like usb a A to b cables yeah exactly you threw all those printers away you don't need a couple years ago i i I finally got rid of my like big bag of cables um took it to the took the, the recycling place and then like a few months later it was like oh where's where's my this cable that i need for this extremely specific thing oh no yeah <laughs> this is the thing yeah. i know that'll happen but i i'm reasonably comfortable that i'm at the point in my life now that when that happens it won't be like when i was a student mm. and going out and spending 15 pounds on a printer cable is like yeah a huge imposition but yeah, like hmm. well, it's, it's you've got to balance it with like not wanting to like massively contribute to the throwaway society as well. Like I don't mm-hmm. want to just throw away stuff that I might need in a year, but um, I I have been known to say before like I kind of wish you could just put absolutely everything I own on a fire and then <laughs> start again and have like three nice outfits rather than a wardrobe full of clothes that I'm like oh but mm-hmm. I do like that shirt and I wear it sometimes like and you know you can you can extrapolate I think that. it's quite therapeutic when you if you want to get rid of this stuff you can like you can constructively deconstruct it like I swear when I got rid of a bunch of computery bits recently I, I like I was like I'm gonna sit here for an evening and strip back all the cables I'm gonna deconstruct this this hard drive for example didn't just go in electronics the, the electronics went in the electronics bin. The rest of the case and the bits of metal ah, went in the metal recycling. That's a good idea. As did, to keep it on topic, a few bits of metal Warhammer that I have no idea what they were <laughs> and they were in a horrible, like chopped in half. Oh. Like, you know, <laughs> this like, hurts my heart, model. but that yeah, but like, what are you, you know, like, it's sad, but like, again, I, I probably didn't do it. It probably came in like an eBay lot that I bought. Mm. And it's like a, you know, a chopped in half orc leg metal like orc leg or something like this goes in the metal recycling yeah and that's at least something right it's not getting literally binned yeah. well it, pro- it probably is but like i don't feel like it's getting literally binned it's somebody else who's binning it yeah i mean somebody else can bin it but i'm you know doing my part <laughs> yeah yeah but i i, I emphasize you it's a difficult it's a difficult thing um storage would be i i on on the on the notion of storage, I think displaying things is really nice. I think a Calax glass fronted too low. Um, I'll just motion yeah, above my shoulder again. Great radio content, but it's definitely really nice. Uh, it's definitely going to be IKEA, whether it's Calaxes or the <laughs> or the Detolf glass cabinets or a Billy bookcase with I, yeah. some glass doors. Yeah, I had to give away my Detolf. It's a very particular particular uh, aesthetic that it brings with it, and um, my wife absolutely hated it. <laughs> Like you can have like fill the calyx full of like glass fronted cabinets, but that metal, that metal thing is a monster. So, like the glass cabinet thing, she just loathed it. And I, in retrospect, I didn't love it. Yeah, it's 
it's a bit but it is a you know it is great at displaying models it really is because it's, it's just a piece of glass right? a bit like living in a museum though isn't it having those tower or or in it's warhammer right, world yeah. having those like metal glass towers <laughs> just with rows of stuff you think they'd let you do a camp out in the museum oh my there? God. <laughs> that'd be good just with that not getting to that. sleep because all you can hear is the music from that Cygnus Prime display. <laughs> all the bloody air conditioning is like, like minus 18 degrees. Oh. Uh, that's how we know all the models will be fine in the flights of the Antarctic. <laughs> yeah, it's so cold. Warhammer World Icon has, has stress tested them all. How about the, the sort of second half of my question then? Like, has anyone ever had cause or opportunity to like design a hobby station from scratch like a hobby area from scratch like i i don't know about anyone else but mine has very much been like always oh, start and i get a little tray thing yeah. with space for the 16 paints i own and then that rapidly escalates and you're just sort of yeah. always catching up with yourself yeah very ad hoc do you want it to be a dual use space it depends on the property i end up in as to whether it has to mm. be just a hobby desk or like a hobby and my computer desk or a hobby and my computer and my workspace desk mm. i'm hoping it has to fulfill two at most but we'll see i feel like that changes it somewhat yeah because if you uh, like personally if i if i had to if i were to design, design something like that i'd like it to be sort of foldable or like quite you know if if Depends what again. Yeah. Depends what you want as a space, right? Like personally, yeah. I I have a cluttered desk like ninety yeah. percent of the time, and Same, I hate currently. it. Um, yeah. But if you don't mind that, then maybe it's okay. But otherwise, I'd be building in storage and yeah. Christ knows what else to to get those things away and in and out quickly, so that you can change so that half your hobby time isn't spent setting up the hobby time, right? Yeah. I mean, I assume I mind yeah. it because it weighs on my mind, but also my desk is always messy. So clearly, I can live with yeah, it. Yeah, it's the same. Um, it's the same. Yeah, I guess I like the one most important criteria for um, looking for a new place is that I have two rooms so that I have a bedroom yeah. and um, a, another room and whether, you know, size is going to dictate whether that is like a room that I can fit one desk in or a room that I can fit two desks in or, you know, whether there's also a space in a living room to put a separate sort of workspace maybe um so i don't know the the actual logistics of it um i have this beautiful dream in my mind of like absorbing into the general costs of moving buying uh like i think it's hobbyzone.pl make like really nice stackable like modular drawers and paint racks and um like you know you could build in a kitchen roll holder or you know tall drawers for your pots of vallejo mm. earth paste or whatever do they do they do they take the sort of like stadium stacking approach yeah and this is the problem i have with them is that you know you can buy nice corner pieces and then stadium pieces um but there's you can buy Some drawers which would be the right height for citadel pots as well but if you want all your paints like accessible, I think like I own effectively like most of the Citadel range, bar some of the texture paints and like the air paints and stuff. But I own I think every contrast paint and then like a lot of the others. So probably getting on for like two hundred pots of paint. And 
because they take that stadium approach and they like each um i guess it's like a foot you need like the vertical and horizontal yeah. space for each yeah paint. like each foot wide little <laughs> row holds like 30 and i i maths <laughs> it out and i was like if i want to store all the paint i own like only in this stuff i need like a two and a half meter long desk could you, that then yeah. curls at the corner yeah. as well. did you know how that go in like the whole way around you yeah, so like a, that is an option. Like a sort of 360 uh, degree station like, that you, do, you have you to remember, like crouch down to get into. <laughs> do, you, do you remember Captain Scarlet and then like Captain White would like sit in the middle of like a rotational desk? Yeah, I was thinking yeah, about yeah. the the elephant keyboard man from Star Wars with his 360 degree <laughs> keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I guess maybe I could do that. Um, but Yeah, I, I, what about, why didn't they do something? So like there should be more vertical storage with like slots for individual paints and you paint the lid to see what colour it is and yeah. then you just sort of like stack them go 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 tall like they do with houses right go tall rather yeah. than wide yeah. so they do exist and I've got like a vertical set of drawers at the moment which is good because like each drawer um, is in a space that's deep enough that you can kind of see what's in there and it holds like 25 paints in each drawer so it's way more space efficient but I like the thing that the hobby zone does of like also being able to have the drawers there for like all your tools and all your paintbrushes and like literally everything could be there because I'm currently in a like you know the paints live here and then the airbrush stuff lives in a cupboard up here and then all my basing stuff lives in a cupboard over there and I would just the tools know. tools are quite 2D though you could have one of those like pe- almost like pegboard things yeah uh, for you, like you're having a workshop for your tools I feel uh, like sort of reachable height some kind of act together amalgamation of yeah. what I have plus home constructed storage or other things is probably mm, where it ends up the problem but... with like that's like the next frontier for me when it comes to like um, making my hobby space better is like using the vertical space because like we've been renting this place for the whole time we've been here but like soon uh we will own it and I'm going to start putting things in the walls and stuff like that so I could totally have like a little like hooks and stuff to put tools on that's exciting to think about my mind is buzzing with possibilities (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is the thing I don't know what the rules are going to be like about mounting stuff to walls or um yeah but there's options to do like backboards that are mounted to desks and all these kind of things so yeah. Um, Lots of space to get creative. How about you, Tom? What's your. Yeah. You've been moving a lot and you said you're moving again soon. Do you have like a really permanent hobby space or are you. Uh, no, no. I. Because. Um, so my hobby space is I've got two toolboxes full of paints um, just rattling around loose like <laughs> Lego. Um, and that I have. And various like cardboard boxes of bits and tufts and such like um my my main hobby space is i've got a a tea tray basically um and that is big enough to store like the squad you're working on and the uh the paints used for that which means that it's nice and easy to uh like pack up 
Nice. Uh, so the the paints go back in the toolbox. The tea tray with the half assembled models goes on top of the toolbox. That all goes in a cupboard, and it's nice and easy to pack up or get out all as one nice. unit, so to speak. Um, which is convenient for me because I'm in a fairly small flat and have like a desk slash workspace slash dinner yeah. table. <laughs> the classic, classic combo. There you go. Well, I don't know if we've reached a, a, an answer for you there, Rich. Well, yeah, you haven't told Maybe me just... exactly what to do. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, we've we've failed um, you. I'll I'll report back on how it goes. Put, Fellow, put everything you own. Um, go through everything you own one by one and roll a d6 <laughs> on d3 more or bin wounds to yourself god it's a good way of causing emotional damage as the useless night one army that I have some emotional <laughs> love for but you know is is mm-hmm. I, I, I am talking like Roll, on, a, like, on a like model by model, model by paint me. by paint basis. Yeah, when Teclis rolls a one, he's going to be <laughs> irretrievably emotionally damaged. So, <laughs> just, just the trash or treasure yeah. table. <laughs> um, fellow pod contributor Pete Fienya has um, foolishly in my opinion volunteered to help me move when it comes to specifically when it comes to the warhammer stuff um, <laughs> which i think i'm going to take him up on because you know like having to explain to your dad that yes you can afford to own this many toys as a 31 year old man and also yes please when i say please be careful with them i do actually mean it um yeah who like, else is going to appreciate <laughs> yeah Pete, i can you need to individually wrap like 18,000 night individual night haunt in tiny slips of bubble wrap. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So but Pete. Um yeah, I think Pete might be yeah, might be getting the call on that when I know where I'm going. Um it's very nice of him to volunteer. So That's very nice. Good luck. See, how about you Dines? Did you have a a thing you wanted like a, a problem you wanted us to solve or a question you wanted to ask us? Uh, no, Amelia. Um, uh, as, mm, I'm trying to work out a cool segue. There's none, <laughs> so I'll just dive in. Basically, I mentioned it earlier. There's there's some few things that get me uh, get me excited for the new year. Sorry, uh, and they. Uh, can I? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I was going to say, can I suggest? Speaking of excess. Yeah, oh yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> yeah, speaking of excess and uh, falls from grace. Uh, I'm gonna. Um, oh, that's a bit harsh. I didn't mean that. I'm gonna. Uh, <laughs> yeah, wait, yeah, wait. I didn't mean that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, not, it's not that not, that whole wow. new flat. So I'll, I guess I'll I'll, I'll rein that back in. Um, I uh, there are some things which get me excited. Speaking of excess, and they are Eldar. They begin with L and they end with Eldar. That is not how it works. I'm. Yeah. Well. You know what? Like, I haven't been into 40k for a while. I did, I did some, I had some Chaos Space Marines when I first got back into the hobby, and I, I mean, I still have them. And I occasionally paint mentors at a glacial pace, as I've mentioned before. Um, but my first love when I first got into Hams was Eldar, and I, I just can't quit them. Like, when I see this <laughs> I just new can't quit Marines. You. You thought you were out, but they've pulled you back in. Yeah. One more job. I just can't 
Yeah, I just can't quit you, Ulfway. Actually, my first models were Biltan, but um, Ulfway is my jam. Oh, Eldrad. Eldrad. I just can't quit Eldrad, I think is what it's coming up, coming back to. Um, I I bought a while ago, I bought like a few, t- when they did that sort of like quite limited made-to-order run of uh, Eldar Heroes a couple of years ago, I bought some of the the cool gang there, like the Spirit Seer and the Bone Singer and like a few of the farces. And I painted up a few of them and it was quite enjoyable. And now I'm seeing these sneaky rangers on bikes. That's fucking radical. And these new guardians. Well, I know guardians are an off with thing. Oh, well, storm guardians are anyway. Yeah, they call them, what do they call them? Like black guardians or something? Yeah, the black guardians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're pretty sweet. I like that concept. I like I like the old sort of the the many many years old sort of seer council jam where you just have a whole bunch of warlocks and farces wreaking psychic rage, just being cool cool pointy eared radical people, <laughs> um, being sad uh, about it. just and I really I just really like these new models. I, I wasn't that mad about the um, about Jane Zar and the banshees, but the, I was never a big fan of banshees to be honest. But you know. Um, New rangers, those new rangers on bikes are really cool. It's a bit different, uh, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, they're just, yeah, they're just really. I just really like that look, and I, I actually, I like pretty much all bits of the the Eldar range anyway. Uh, the, and I've always liked sort of, I've always liked Aspect Warriors, and they're not really Elfway. I don't think that's Elfway's jam, although I'm sure they have them. But I'm, I'm every time I see these like teasers and. And other bits, I'm just thinking, what what would they look like in Ulthway, which is the super dark colours and stuff like that. And I just, man, I'm getting really inspired. And I think I might be back into 40k based on Eldar. Mm. And actually, and I haven't played, because I haven't played 40k for a, quite a few years. Um, I'm a bit intimidated and put off of it by by the intimidation. But New Tau is also really exciting me, but I'm more excited by New Eldar. And I think I might be bought in. I think I might be, oh, I might be due to fall for them <laughs> see what you've done there <laughs> yeah there we are oh, uh, I'm falling for the Eldar nice um, that's where I'm at there's I mean and there's like let's not go into them but there's been there are other bits of information there's some leaks around the Eldar and it or oh, it's spicy stuff it's getting me really quite keen I'm really really excited to see where it goes I think I have managed to um like completely insulate myself from the post um like what we've seen now leaks mm. so yeah that's nice i'm uh i'm excited just to see what mm. comes next and i'll be happy yeah, i've so got an eldar army so it's not even starting a new project <laughs> to buy them so yeah. they've previewed like you know this uh, we've, we've had some like silhouettes of things a particularly scythe bony looking boy and that sort of stuff like that's in the in a spinny silhouette Preview oh, yeah, video and that stuff. New year that's video. Just really cool. Yeah. Oh yes. So yeah. that's just all some some really cool, exciting stuff to come. Um, has anybody else caught the Eldar bug? I'm excited about Eldar too. I don't think I'll go yeah, nice. in on them, um, because I, I've got too much other things to do. Um, also, and also like an, if, little, if you think you're Eldar intimidated by 40k, um, <laughs> I can assure you, I'm much more. <laughs> For, but unless you love 40k Ra- famous yeah, yeah. for Rachel sure. to get into 40k she's going to hmm. undo like five <laughs> years work developing a personal brand like, of uh, 40k <laughs> so. it's 
there's there's two ways of developing a personality on the internet and uh one of them <laughs> is to be enthusiastic about something and the other <laughs> pick precisely one one thing to be <laughs> yeah. very contrary yeah. about um like but yeah like because uh elder were some of the first models i had when i was uh i don't know early teen kind of thing um but i lost basically all of them um speaking speaking of uh relatives destroying unintentionally or otherwise your uh your models um yeah <laughs> yeah our, our, oh, our, what was lost my in the fall farseer and my unit of guardians and a few other bits and pieces that uh yeah are sadly uh recycled oh. rest in, rest in oh. stone <laughs> it was a dark day rest in stones oh, poor, poor elder what did you paint them as? um i was i was like 11 so i i had not i had not painted them <laughs> i actually have one i have one single guardian left from the, that that era which was one of the old static a pose holding his metallic yeah. shuriken classic uh catapult in front of him yeah stoic just standing there I went through a phase actually a few years, like maybe, oh, oh my God, I say a few years, 10 years ago, where I was like, wow, I really love the Eldar Rogue, Rogue Trader models. And I bought a lot of them, like, because they had names and stuff and they were all in funny poses. So back when they had like, like tiger stripes and yeah. stuff like that, and I was going to do a thing with it. And then I, they just sat in a drawer and I saw <laughs> I sometimes look at But now I'm going, now I'm back on, I'm back on buying uh, Warlocks. I got some. I got some ASMR. It might not come through on our recording, but got it, it'll be there. Literal handful Metallic of warlocks. Recordings. <laughs> I got a whole a fist. I got a fistful of warlocks, and I ain't afraid to use them. Mm. Uh, but they're really cool. I, I really like all the old like metal uh, metal uh, warlocks and and farces. And I'm going to do all that because that's the big on the old um, Seer Council thing. So I'm just going to build that. I don't. I don't know what the rules say about this stuff. I'm. I am only hope that it. The Ulthway armies can just take infinity warlocks. Just build whatever looks cool. That's true. I, it'd be nice, like, but I, I had the same problem with my Seraphim where I have like six skink priests. <laughs> and in reality, I have to tr- try and remember to cycle through them when I play. <laughs> They're all so cool. Otherwise, they'd never see the table. <laughs> yeah. I have. Look at I have two of the same plane for my Eldar army because I painted one and a friend painted one for me for like a gift exchange. <laughs> and the one he's done has a lot more care put into it and it's amazing he's done an amazing job matching my color scheme and just painting it way nicer than i did so consequently the one i have painted literally never sees the table (laughs) Mm. yeah you know there you go well that's something i'm gonna end up with like 18 one that's an exaggeration but probably like six farces all with identical loadouts yeah i mean there you go. But maybe that's fine. Um, that sounds like an opportunity cool. to have, like, if 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 one of them dies, then they they don't come back, and you have to you have to use the <laughs> next one. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe a nice crus. Maybe if I'm going to get back into 40k, there could be a nice crusade, uh, like a, a crusade thing where I can do that with my fasces, cycle them in and out. If he gets wounded, just paint the next one with like, I don't know, a wound. Yeah, blood seeping yeah, through yeah. robes. <laughs> yeah, except that. Yeah, well, they're 
they're all metal, so they sort of like go up and down in height as they do that. <laughs> uh, they sort of get shorter as they get older. But... Have you got all the different all the different eras of? Yeah, I think I've got the. I think I've got all of the eras because when they did that made to made to order run, there was an actual full like um, the proper pointy guy right very, with his big eyes. Very jealous. And then there was, and then there's like, like a mid tier where like the ones just after that where they just had swords. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the old guy like just holding his spear out in front of him. <laughs> um, he's, I think that model's really silly, but he has a big helmet. The Eldar range big is, winged helmet. I think, part of what fuels my kind of like middle hammer obsession that mm. like late 90s mm. to early noughties mm. selection of um metals yeah well some, some of the aspect warriors went through some really weird times right where yeah. they, they had like really short runs of uh, like the striking scorpions yeah and so fire it's three different types of striking scorpions yeah but one of them there's was like only available for like a year it's really yeah weird. there's like a, a really rare mid-range yeah and then like swooping hawk says like two but technically yeah. there's three because for a while the new ones came with the old wings or something i can't yeah. remember exactly probably getting it wrong but i'd be i'd be i'm really psyched for if if there's uh gonna be new aspect warriors i don't know if there's gonna be new warp spiders i generally don't know that but i would i would go crazy for those i've always loved warp spiders. i like the new the concept autar the kit they just showed off one of the options for that is like a warp spider backpack mm. right and a yeah, warp spider yeah, gun yeah, exactly. so that's, that's what's I giving love me how hope. many options yeah. that kit has like i wish i wish every hero kit was like mm-hmm. here have mm-hmm. a bunch of and different heads and weapon different options, weapon options. And... yeah it's modular with yeah. the existing kit yeah, as well, right? Yeah. I, think I said yeah. so. That's two quite different poses that you can probably yeah. then, you know, if you have some of the outstretched arms from the dynamic old one mm-hmm. onto the more static pose of the new one. Then one one of the so one of the models I picked up to uh, to to strip back was a was a metal autark, and it, I think he has a the missile launcher in his right hand, and I think the new one has it in the left hand, and I'm wondering if you can double them up. <laughs> Probably not, but it <laughs> would be cool. Though. Like he's holding two stilts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but new, new, yeah, new, new, new. I think I, if they were new warp spiders, I would paint them like black widows, right? Because then they're like the black of Alfway, but then the cool red of warp spiders in a yeah. spooky pattern. That's a cool idea. That could be fun. Yeah, yeah. If I can only hope. Yeah, but we'll see. Yeah, and so I'm just got that big hope. I'm, I'm, I'm latching onto every, every rumor. And snippet of news that comes out about the watch the space. No. I'm sure it will go nowhere. My friend become addicted to aspect warriors. Yeah, well, famously, this <laughs> is, is a problem, right? It's a yeah. problem. Then you become an exarch, and then you have to, uh, you know, yeah. leave or and have a you sad time. Uh, a young king, and uh, yeah, that's true. Well, then it's you... an exciting employment opportunity. Isn't it you, you you get to fully realise the meaning of burnout? <laughs> yes. You're so dedicated to your work that you literally <laughs> set on fire and, and grow to 12 feet tall or whatever. I feel like die. I've been there. <laughs> Not yet. It's been tough recently. <laughs> it's been a tough year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Cool. Neat. Okay. Well, uh, I think uh, we've 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 taken all the takes. Um, the well is dry. The well is dry. It's time to fly this wave serpent back to the craft world. Nice. What a twist. Nice. You did it. <laughs> it did it. Um, 
where can we find everybody uh tom where can people find you uh they can find me on twitter at le swordfish that's l-e swordfish or one word nice rich where can people find you um you can find me on twitter at nursely n-e-r-s-h-l-y nice rich uh yeah you can find me on hateful hell site twitter as well at rich nutter or you can find me on instagram at rj nutter i think but i don't use instagram very much follow me on twitter that's that's the place go to go to tweet space yeah. look up rich look up everybody uh you can find me at at tn dines on uh in all good social medias that's not true at all but you can have a search see what you find um you can find tiny plastic people the rest of these podcasts and excellent articles at uh, tinyplasticpeople.com check that out there's a great new post about uh, even more cultists which has just yes. gone up and it's well worth a read yeah um, some incredible stuff there if you've got any questions comments feedback it's the tiny plastic people at gmail.com um but aside from that i think we're done I think we've we've taken the takes. Find us at at uh, Tiny Plastic Pals on Twitter and Instagram as well. Oh yeah, yeah, that come as on, well. come That's on, we all, need the engagement, on Tom. Sorry, I have to drive up the numbers. Yeah, uh, yeah. Engage, follow, like, subscribe, review, uh, review the podcast if you like it, because that would actually be really useful. So yeah, leave us a review. Uh, tick the tick the bell thing to get notifications. I don't know. It's just what the YouTubers yeah. say. If you don't like it, don't leave a review important <laughs> if you haven't got anything nice to say don't say anything at all except do feed it back to us yeah. if you want to hear <laughs> alright anyway <laughs> thanks for listening everybody alright catch you on the space I don't know what I'm saying bye, bye. bye. <laughs> see you on the craft world <laughs> goodbye